0: The Star Sport podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years.
1: Close your eyes and And a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99.
2: Christy Cooney hands over the Sam Maguire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever.
1: Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Dylan Mangan of the Southern Star and I'm joined by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. Before we get into things, I'd just like to give our listeners a gentle reminder to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. And the Star Sport podcast, as always, is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose Credit Union, choose local, choose community. Now, our guest on this week's podcast is eight-time All-Ireland winning footballer, Kira O'Sullivan, who joined Kieran to chat about the ongoing protests by inter-county ladies footballers and camogie players who are fighting for minimum standards of player welfare to be introduced across the board. And Kira joined to explain why they're protesting the progress so far and what they're hoping for in the future in what is quite a fluid situation, as we'll explain later on as well. But first things first, we're going to switch things up very slightly here, as I usually leave this part to the end of the podcast, but not everyone makes it all the way to the end, Kieran, And we want as many people to know as possible to know, sorry, that we're running a special offer on our premium subscription for West Cork sports fans and podcast listeners. So over the coming weeks and months, we'll have tons of great coverage of the county championships. And if you sign up for a monthly or annual subscription, you can get 50% off your first two months, which will give you full access to all the articles on southernstar.ie and the weekly e-paper every Thursday morning, which is the best place to read about your local club's fortunes this year. 50% off works out at €4 euro a month or just €1 euro a week for the eight weeks the offer, Kieran. So €1 euro a week. only place to get the best west cork sports news and match reports so all listeners need to do is enter the code on your screen now if you're watching on youtube or in the description of wherever you're listening to the podcast at the moment and for full details on the offer head to southernstar.ie forward slash offers and to subscribe go to subscribe.southernstar.ie now with all of that out of the way kieran Let's get on to this week's West Cork sport roundup, starting with Plunkets, who are halfway to a double in football and hurling after they beat Bobby Fehan in the Bonsacores confined Ju- County Junior B Ch- football championship final at Parky Ring on Saturday afternoon. And obviously, Kieran, it's a great result for Plunkets against a Bobby Fehan team who were going for back to back county titles.
2: These, these Plunkett lads did enter halfway towards immortality. They're um. In, we're right now. It's Wednesday of this week. We're midway between the two county finals. So Plunkets have the the county junior B football title in the bag. They're going for the county junior B hurling title this weekend. So it could be an incredible d- double for Plunkets. But um, first off yeah, huge win, brilliant win against Belly be- 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 Forhan, won by a point. And it's probably no surprise that Plunkets are digging out tight results as well because if you look at both their hurling and football semi-finals, they won both by a point as well. So that tells you a lot about the, the character and resilience of this group that when the going gets tough, plunkets get going and, and they get the results that they want. So looking at last weekend, it was Paudric Healy who got Plunkets off the fast start. He got a first-minute goal. And I, I said on Twitter Dylan, and it's probably no surprise. That it was Patrick who got plucked off the fast start because his sisters are two of the fastest women in Ireland, Phil and Joan Healy. And um, actually, just a quick plug for a piece that's in this a Southern Star. They actually catch up with Podrick Healy for a chat about what it was like growing up with his two his two speed speedster sisters. And and an interesting fact as well for our podcast listeners. When Podrick was a young fella, he won the under-13 All-Ireland 100-metre national title without any training, so speed is obviously in the family. They have those fast-twitch fibre muscles, but um, but back to Plunkett's for a second. Yeah, huge win, massive win, so they have that county title in the bag. It's the third time they've won it, Um, the first time, I think, since 2007, so um, they're now going for the the double this weekend, so a fierce, exciting time to be a Plunkett's player or supporter.
1: Absolutely, and we'll be reporting on that game in next week's Southern Star as well. And in rowing, um, Skibbereen Rowing Club, once again highlighted, they are the club to beat after a dominant showing at the Irish Rowing Championships, Kieran, They are the most successful rowing club in the country, and they've kind of extended their lead out front with their uh, national titles up to 195 now, is that right? That, that's exactly it.
2: So they, they rubber stamped their position as the number one club in the country and the, the dominant force in domestic rowing. So Skibbereen Roars won five Irish Championship titles at the Champs in, in Iscara last weekend. Uh, the weather did affect the Champs, especially on the Friday when, um, when a lot of the racing had to be pushed back into the Saturday. So it was a very condensed championships, but that didn't stop Skibbereen Roars. So they had some, some brilliant performances. And we've, we have a full page in Torres' Southern Star um with a really comprehensive report from Neve Casey and Emily, Emily Delore who um, take us through the weekend but some of, some of the headlines are that Quiva Casey won the Lightweight Women's single, and it was her first um her first uh, ever championship title while her brother Dominic Casey, he he, uh, he teamed up with Cottle McCarthy, and they won in the men's junior pair. And that's just two of the, the five national titles that the Skibreen rowers won. And why I picked those two, Dylan, Cuiva uh, and Dominic Casey's um, championship wins is that now the Casey family, from dad Dominic, mom Eleanor, to Aoife, who's an Olympian, to older sister Niamh, now Cuiva and Dominic Jr., they have all won Irish rowing championship titles. In fact, combined, they've won 39 altogether and that places the, places them 14th in the overall role of honour in Irish rowing. So let's say that the Casey family from Affordown, that they were a rowing club. They're now the most 14th most successful rowing club in the country because they've won 13 Irish rowing championship titles together, which is a phenomenal record. So um, it just goes to show again about the the strength, the heritage and tradition of rowing around Skibreen and, and this area. We all know Dominic Casey, you know, is the, the coach of the, the Irish lightweight group, men's and women's, and he's had incredible success there. But as a rower himself, he won eight titles, eight Irish senior titles back in the 80s. Both the bragging rights in the family go to Aoife, who has won 13, which is one ahead of Neve. So that's a that's a bit of sport and trivia for our our podcast listeners this week, but like I said, Dylan, we have a full page with a really comprehensive roundup in is There,
1: that'll be a great table quiz uh, question in West Cork uh, pub quizzes in in years to come. How or where in in the rowing uh, rowing list are the uh, are the cases? It's fourteen, so I'll, I'm going to write that one down and remember it for future reference. And moving on to. Nicola Tuttle, we've spoken about her a lot on the podcast this year, she's had a great year, the women's hammer thrower, and she added to her growing reputation with a fourth place finish at the European Under-23 Championships in Finland, and Kieran, it's a great performance from her, especially considering she's 19, and this is her first year competing at this level as well.
2: That's exactly it. And we've said it, said it before, Nicola, the best is yet to come. And we're saying that while well, she's actually doing incredible things at the moment as well. Like, I think it's three or four PBs that she's thrown this year. And her latest PB was at the European Team Championships in Poland, which was our first senior international event. And she showed there that there's no stage fright whatsoever. She was she was really impressive there. And again, in Finland, um Late last week, she was very impressive as well. So on the Thursday in the qualifying round, with her first throw, she achieved what she needed to do. So she booked her place in the final. And then in the final, I was I was watching it on um, streaming it on on Friday, Friday evening. There was a couple of rounds, Dylan, where Nicola was, was actually in the middle places. Like she was second, she was third, and we we're thinking here here we go because she was on for something special. Considering she was telling me last week, I think she was ranked ninth coming into these European. The European under, under 23, so she wasn't expected to be in contention for a medal, but she ended up finishing fourth, which is a really impressive performance. And she said so herself after fourth is a tough place to finish because you're just outside the medals. But considering where she's coming from, she was really pleased with her performance because, like you said, she's only 19, she's a lot more champs to come. She'll be back at the European under 23s again. She's the European, she's the Irish singer, and um, nationals coming up at the end of the month. So, another another big event to prepare for. But it's been a, a really impressive year so far for Nicholas Huttle, and she's not finished yet. And just to give a quick mention too to Jane Buckley from Newsystown, who was the other Westcock athlete in action at the European under-23s. And in the women's 5,000-meter final on Thursday, she finished ninth. Again, it was a, a good performance from, from Jane coming off the back of a really successful freshman year at Providence College over in, um, in, in Rhode Island. And it was a very tactical race, where around the three thousand meters in that the, the top the top um the top few women took off, but Jane was said after she's been very she's she was pleased with her ninth place, but she knows that there's more to come as well. So it was a very good, and very solid outing for the for the two um two local women,
1: yeah, proving once again that West Cork, uh, the athlete factory that they have or we have down here, is uh in good health. And we're going to take a very quick break now, and we'll be back to hear from Kira O'Sullivan about the ongoing protests between or from uh, ladies footballers and camogie players and to explain a little bit about how fluid a situation it is as well.
0: The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years.
1: Now, welcome back to the Star Sport podcast, and we'll be hearing from Kira O'Sullivan in just a moment. But first, Kieran, let's give a little bit of context to this chat with Kira, because obviously, um, a month ago to the day, it was the nineteenth of June when um the GPA released the statement, um, confirming that our are are saying that the the players would be playing the rest of the season under protest and. Since then, there there have been a lot of different um, developments in this situation. And Kira joined us to talk about why, maybe the players' perspective. But could you give a little bit of of context into into where this situation is at as we speak today?
2: Yeah, like you said, Dylan, it's a very fluid situation and it's changing all the time. We've had so many different statements even in the last week alone from the the various uh, parties in this, which would be the GEA, the LGFA, which is the Ladies Gaelic Football Association and the Komogi Association. So it this is kind of a, a very this story is evolving all the time. So basically what it is is that the the, the women's footballers and the Kamogi the counterparts they 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 join forces to kind of to air their frustration and vent their frustration at the the lack of progress when it comes to um, putting together a female player charter for 2024 and people will ask okay what is this female player charter so what they're looking for is minimum standards right across the board no matter if you're a senior intercounty player with Cork or if you're a junior in inter-county player so they're just looking to raise the standards right across um, ladies football and Camogie and will get into that in a couple of minutes in terms of telling us what what these issues are it's it's such as getting food after training sessions and um, expenses even when it comes to gear so what we think would be almost done things when it comes to intercounty um ga it, it women's ga it, it really isn't the case so that that's what they're fighting for they want the implementation of this this female player charter for 2024 but they have been frustrated by the this the, the lack of progress or the slow progress by their their own two associations, the LGFA and the Kamogi Association. But almost just uh to, to counteract that by saying this is changing all the time. So by the time we listen to this podcast or by the end of the week, it could have changed again. But we're kind of very much dealing in, in the here and now as to as as to where this stands. So the players want this, this charter. That's where these protests are going on. And, and we're seeing them before all the inter-county games in the last couple of weeks. Um, With a story in the Star two weeks ago, when the the Cork footballers, they were playing Tipperary in Clan they wore T-shirts with hashtag United for Equality um, on on the front of it. It It's very interesting last weekend in the Cork Armagh All-Ireland Ladies Football quarterfinal that both teams had that hashtag United for Equality logo actually on their jerseys. That was for more visibility because it was live to televised games. We've also seen um, ladies football and camogie players pull out of the, the media days for their own associations in the lead up to the semi finals and finals of the, both the camogie and football. So, again, that was to show that their own associations were really frustrated here. We mean business. Please, can you get together and sort this out for us? Otherwise, we could see a possibility where the Protests are cranked up even more. Um, I did see Tom Parsons, GA GP from the GPA, say earlier this week that they're they're pleased with the progress that the that the protests are they are working to an extent because they are getting reactions off both associations. And the GA have said as well that they're 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 waiting to be supposed to be asked to help out in terms of this female player chapter, and they, they they'll they'll play their part as well. So again, a lot happening. So it's um. It's a it's it's a huge story, Dylan. When it comes to to ladies' GA, because when you look at at the men's side of the game and compare it to the, to the women's side of the game, the women are dead right, hundred percent right to kind of yeah. put their hands up and say what we're seeing now is not good enough, and we want change.
1: Yeah, it's a huge story as well because, like like you say, um, I guess what they're asking for isn't they're not asking for the world; they're just asking for an equal standing. Like they're not they're not saying let's let's get five star hotels for every away game and all this kind of thing they're asking for things like physios and and food after games which should be you would think just like standard across the board and i guess it kind of highlights or the the slow progress i guess kind of highlights once again the need for integration between the associations to happen as soon as it can because from from our point of view i guess these these uh the reason behind the slow progress is the lack of communication between associations like we saw with the dual player issue earlier in the season as well.
2: Exactly that. And just on that integration, um, we're we'll recording this podcast on Wednesday. And just before we start to recording, Dylan, a uh, joint statement from the GEA, the LGFA and the Camogie Association. And it's about a steering group on integration that they've announced to research. Thing so I'm just going to read just the, the first couple of parts here for our listeners so it's saying the Gaelic Games Association's steering group on inter- integration has commissioned a landmark research study to gauge the opinions of members to assist in developing the pathway to integration. The steering group is working towards the establishment of this pathway by February 2024. Uh, it goes on to say, this study has the potential to be one of the largest of its kind ever carried out in Irish sport. And the purpose of the research would be to seek opinions the implications of integration from regular club members and among the questions it seeks to establish are what priorities should be the focus after integration what benefits do members feel will arise out of this project from an organizational point of view and and an individual and personal perspective what challenges or issues are members concerned about so it seems that the this this um this move towards integration is starting to step up in speed which is good to see but it's still it's just another step along the road this is the announcement of a research study so that's going to take time itself this isn't going to happen overnight it's a, it's not like it's a it's a very much a slow burner and again we'll hear from kira sullivan quite soon and she thinks that in her playing days it's it's not going to happen you know she can't see it happening while she's still playing but hopefully it is going to happen at some point, and the sooner the better, because the sooner the, the three associations can come under, or I suppose the two, LGFA and Camogie, can come under that G, GAA umbrella. It's just for the betterment of the sport, and it should put everyone in on an equal standing. So we just have to see how this one plays out. But as, as you'll hear from Kira O'Sullivan now, she starts off by explaining to us the reason why Football players and Camogie players felt that they needed to, to start this protest in back in mid-June. It was on, on June 19th that the first statement dropped, and it was a statement that caught a lot of people's attention, that joint um, statement from the intercounty county Camogie and football panels staying, saying that you're going to play the remainder of the 2023 Championship under protest. But take us back to the reason why you feel that now is the time to put forward the statement. Um, yeah, well, I suppose
0: the the ask um, from the the players across male and female is is very simple, and it, it's an ask to have the three associations, so the LGFA, the Camogie, and the GA, work together and work with the players um, to ensure that there is a charter in place for twenty twenty four for minimum standards and welfare for all female players. Um, and I suppose that the decision was made, and as you say, early or June to come out. And say we'd be playing under protest, I suppose, until we saw some some action or some um, way forward in in making this a reality. Um, and while the GA have come out last week and said they'd be willing to to work together if asked, you know that's a great development from from our point of view, and um, we thank the GA for that. But um, I suppose we're now it's kind of back over to the LGFA and the Camogie and um, to see if they're willing to engage and and work with players and with the GA to to implement that that charter
2: was the reason for this this first statement did it come from almost a point of frustration from from the players because like you spoke there about integration and and the the female player charter for 2024 but from the original statement it seemed like this just wasn't happening at at the pace that, that the associations were currently working at
0: yeah um it hasn't i suppose and you know you kind of get to the stage where you kind of feel like you're you're beating the same drum and you know, you're not getting any any results. And it was kind of a case of, well, if we keep going down the same road and nothing's being done, you know, we'll be here in 12 months' time just talking about it as well, and and we'll have had made no progress. So I suppose the, the protest was to to try and get some action and try and incentivize the the three associations to to take us seriously and to, to listen and actually do something about the, the frustrations um, that the players are experiencing.
2: I suppose there's, there's, a per, there's, there's a couple of different points to this, but first, the, the female player charter, you want this to establish minimum standards for the players' collective welfare. Can you tell us a small bit more about, about the, the female player charter and, and what you hope it would include? Yeah, um like some of the stuff that
0: we're we're hoping it would include might sound very basic but I think we have to we have to remember that we're looking for this across the board like whether you know it's junior senior division one division four we, we want this for all ladies teams so um the kind of things we're talking about is access to to physio you know having food after training um getting gear you know having consistent gear um travel expenses um stuff like that so While we're very, very lucky in Cork and very fortunate to have a brilliant county board and really good sponsors and super value, um, we get a lot of what's, you know, what's being asked for in that charter, not all of it, but we do get a lot of it. So, you know, it'd be easy for us to say we're okay, thanks, but it's not about any one individual team. It's about female sports collectively and we want to support those who don't have those standards at the moment. And as I said, while we have most in Cork, we don't have everything. You know, we, we don't get travel expenses or we don't have a consistent you know place where we train every week so um you know we are very lucky but there's still room for improvement but we're probably at the the top end of the scale in terms of what we get relative to to other female and teams so it is about kind of the collective and raising
2: the standards across the board even when you talk there Kira, getting food after training in this day and age you would think that that would be just a a, a done deal a done thing for, for, for whatever grade we're talking about
0: yeah you, you you
2: kind of would and like you have people
0: traveling you know from college from work you know we you know and it's the same for all counties you have people playing you know or working or living in dublin and coming down to cork for training and you could be you know you could have certain teams who are leaving without having eaten after training and you're going up and stopping in the shop and stuff like that so it really isn't um it isn't ideal and i suppose we were you know, I, I've been playing with Cork a good while and the standards have increased and players are are very well looked after now. But you know, there was times when we had Frankie Honan single handedly made the food for all of us after after training, made soups, scones, etc. Um so you know, we we've we have tra- food after training now, every single training we have, but that's not the case for all for all teams. And as you say, it is something that sounds quite basic, but it's not there. And it, it's kind of making people aware of these things is
2: what the, the protest is about. And this protest is ongoing. Like I said, I think the, the first statement was June 19th. And we've seen it uh, the last couple of weeks before games. Yeah, yeah, there's the white T-shirts with the hashtag United for Equality, that that slogan on it. We saw it the weekend against Armagh. It was actually on the back of the, the Cork and Armagh jerseys, that slogan. So what, what was that about the weekend? Was it just kind of cranking up another small bit in terms of vis- visibility?
0: Exactly it is all about visibility Um, I suppose you you know we the platform of having had those four quarterfinals on TV as well and you kind of want to to maximize that and, and make the most of getting your message across so you know I do think people are very supportive of the of the protest and even when we you know we wore those t-shirts for the warm-up and then we ran in um, back into the restroom with mat, and like you know the crowds were on their feet clapping both teams in so I think people are really supportive of it but we just with having it on the jerseys this week, it's about, you know, not forgetting it and not having it be a 10-minute thing before the match. And, you know, that it's something that needs to be on people's minds consistently. And I suppose that was the, the focus of putting it on the, the jerseys this week, just as you say, to kind of crank it up a notch.
2: Do you feel this protest is having the impact that you hoped it would have?
0: Um, I do in the sense that, you know, already the GA coming out and saying that they, they would be willing to work towards a charter. Um so that's one out of out of three. And I suppose it's one that we didn't have before the protest. So in that sense, you could say it is working, but um, for it to, to fully work, you know, and for us to have been successful with it, we need the LGFA and the Camogie Association Association to engage and to commit as well. So um it has it has had an impact and it has had part of the desired result, but not all the way there yet.
2: I know, like in the last couple of weeks we've had a lot of statements, um, the LGFA and the Camogie Association had statements on Friday. But is it disappointing that the, the two organizations that are over the games, the LGFA and the Camogie Association, haven't been maybe more proactive in this? It is because I, I don't think it's something that came out of nowhere. You know,
0: as I say, we, we maybe felt we were banging the same drum for a while. You know, we have players have been vocal about the the standards in female sport and in um, camogie and ladies' football for a number of years. So um the the pace of of action on those two um association by those two associations isn't where I think it should be or where we'd like it to be. So it is frustrating as a player and and even something like I went to the under 16 All Ireland um final yesterday and like the the location of that that match for an All Ireland final, like you just would not see it in the men's game um for the players to to travel and be playing in in those kind of standards like it it's like we're in 2023 and it just didn't feel like it yesterday for that All Ireland final so things like that are happening every day so that does kind of add to the frustrations of the players and you know we're protesting as senior players but you're doing it on behalf of obviously our current players but the the players of the future and you know those under 16 players for example so i think the the lack of pace by those two associations
2: is very frustrating for for us as players and you mentioned one word at the start of our conversation integration, and it's just this has been on the, the table for a long time now. Bringing the three associations or bringing the LGFA and the Camogie Association under the GEA umbrella, this this is a slow burner again, and this is almost central to, 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 to what this protest is, is, is about as well. So, what, what are your thoughts on that? Like, can you see it happening while you're still playing here? Are we talking about is this no. five, 10 years down the line, or what are we talking about here? Because there seems to be very little
0: movement well, from, from the outside looking in. Yeah, I, I I definitely can't see it happening while I'm playing, to be honest. Now, that hopefully has more to do with the fact that I'm 33 this year rather than the, the pace that they're going at, but um, it is usually frustrating and I suppose, like, I, I've spoken about how we're lucky in Cork in one sense in the standards, but where we're not lucky in Cork is the fact that we've very talented dual players and, um, you know, I know it's long publicised now, but the the dual clashes that we had earlier in the year like that wouldn't happen under the the one association so for us that's another big factor of having this integration and um, to have you know four girls who are talented enough to make one inter team let alone two and be forced to pick um between camogie and football on two separate occasions and have to go two and two it's just so so fa- unfair and i don't want to harp on about it now because look they're behind us now and there's no more clashes um, going forward in the air but just to the point of integration that would be a huge one for us in in Cork um to to help those girls and there, like you know there'll be plenty more of them coming up because on every Cork underage panel there's people dueling on camogie and ladies football which is an unbelievable achievement and something you wouldn't like to see go but if we keep going with the association separately um it's hard to see how that would continue
2: I saw well, last week, too, another statement dropped that um intercounty female players have decided not to take part in media events organized by the LGFA or Comorbid Association in events of games in the closing stages of the All Ireland Championships. So that's obviously in media days organized by the board associations, players won't be there. Is that just another part, almost kind of like you said, begging that drum is like, please take us serious. Like we're really serious about, about what we're saying here. Yeah, exactly. Like, please listen to us. Yeah. Um... You know, that's a,
0: a huge those days or the captain's days before all our finals and stuff are a huge kind of selling point for the LGFA and the Camogie the Association to promote the game. Um, but I suppose we're hoping that because they're normally such a, a big deal, like our commitment to not take part in them will make them realise just how serious we are um and the how strongly we feel about what we're asking. Um and it, I suppose that it's not going to go away, it's not going to be a case of us protesting for you know a few weeks nothing happened it didn't work and we give up you know that's not going to be the case so um it, it is just again stepping it up a notch asking them to to take us seriously and to to listen to
2: our requests it sounds like you're in this for the long run Kira. Let, let's look past this season if, if there's no change how can you crack up the protest even more what's what's the next step
0: yeah, like uh, I I don't want to speak on behalf of like the the GPA association, I suppose, and and um what they have planned because I, I I don't know like there is weekly meetings with the the players and the representation of uh, a representative from each team, but I suppose you would be looking at you know you wouldn't do it for the the end of this championship or anything like that, but you'd be looking at maybe not fulfilling league fixtures next year. I don't know. As I say, I don't want to to speak on behalf of the GPA, but. It is going to have to keep being kind of um cranked up if if no action is taken so we really really hope that it just doesn't come to that and it can get resolved this year and just commitment this year to put a charter in place for for 2024.
2: And that is the hope so if the LGFA and the Camogie Association can come together to get this charter ready for 2024 that would be a huge step forward. It would, it would be massive and you know you'd be going in the in the right
0: direction and like for players across the country to have that certainty of knowing that next year we will have a physio available you know we will have meals after training and like it encourages people to to go for county trials to play with your county because there's people like across the country I'd say every female inter-county player is is massively out of pocket for for playing with their county and I just really don't think that that should be the the case like it, it obviously is a great honor but it's also a huge commitment and sacrifice and to be to be financially out of pocket for it is something that I don't think happens in the men, so I don't see why it should happen in the in the ladies.
2: And again, is that why integration is so important? Because you'll hear people put forward the argument, Kira, that the LGAFA doesn't generate enough money to play to play to pay payers, um expenses. So it's kind of all connected in, in one sense. Yeah, it is all connected, and like I do take that that
0: argument and that point, and um, that you know, obviously, the the revenues J would be far greater than the the lgfa but i think if everyone's willing to work together there's ways um you know there's ways to make that work and it mightn't be straight away and it mightn't be you know a a simple fix but i think it's just the willingness to work together and see what can be done because at the moment we're not even there you know it it's no there's no integration there's no willingness to work together so it's impossible to say what can or can't be done because we haven't even
2: got that far and before I finish up, just would ask about about expenses in terms of players' expenses in the women's game. They don't exist today. And uh, no, there is a
0: there is a GPA um, a GPA grant that you um, you claim once a year. Um, so you put in obviously the amount of trainings, etc. You've done the gym sessions, etc. And players get the the same amount um, across the board. So and um, that came in I think the last two years. So. I think this is my sixteenth year playing, and I think it's been in place the last two years. And um, so I've no idea in terms of um, in terms of rates or what that is like in term- comparison to the to the men. But um, yeah, even that is a welcome change from you know the the years before that.
2: But it's even bottom line again. You shouldn't be out of pocket playing for your county.
0: No, definitely not. And. Um, like as I said, we've had people for years coming from Dublin, from work or college in Dublin in Limerick, you know. Um, and it's just it does it does cost. Like you're you're driving down the road three, four nights a week for for training and back up again. Um, and as I said, you know, it, it is a great honor, but that that only takes it so far, you know, to be out of pocket and to be having to leave work early, et cetera, to do that and not, you know, not be getting anything in terms of mileage is um Is a bit unfair, I think.
2: Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us, and best of luck with Cork in the weeks ahead. I know you have a huge game against Dublin on the the weekend after this, so good luck with that. Thanks very
0: much. Thanks, Karen. The Star Sport podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years.
1: Now, welcome back once again to the Star Sport podcast. And it's that time of the week where we take a look at what's coming up in this week's Southern Star Sport. Kieran, what are readers in for this week?
2: I'm like a broken record every week, Dylan, but this is a really good Southern Star Sport section. So I urge our listeners to get out and get your star. Whether it's in the shop or online on Thursday, because there's something there for everyone. First off, for anyone with any association with St. Oliver Plunkett's, you need to get Thursday a Star because it's a keepsake. We have a double page spread right in the middle of the sports section with a, a match report from the County Junior B um, final win last weekend, interview with Paul Keeley, interview with Donald Watcher at the hurling final this week. So this is a must for Plunkett's fans, supporters, fem, family members. If you have a if you know or heard of anyone who's played for Plunkett, you'd want to read this, this story of Southern Star. So check that out. Uh, we also have an interview with Matthew Toomey ahead of the um, Cork's All Ireland Camogie senior semi final against Galway this Saturday. I just want to wish them the best of luck as we hope the Rebels will break their Galway hoodoo and get through to the All-Ireland final. And we also have a match report and reaction to the, the Cork ladies footballers beating Armagh in their All-Ireland quarterfinal. So great to see the two Cork teams at the business end of the championships. Um, we have a lot of wholesome content in Torres star And just a couple of them. Jerry Ryan, at 61 years of age, made his comeback for the Benliscarty Junior B hurlers against Kilbritton on Sunday night. Um, I've caught up with his son, Joe, to talk about that. So that's well worth checking out. I'm not going to say too much more because we want people to look at the start to, to get the, the full content. We have a, another great story about Munster rugby star, John Hodnett. He was in Skibreen recently with Gavin and Liam Coombs when they brought the URC trophy down to this neck of the woods. But on, on the way back, John Hodnett just dropped into the Caribbean Rangers clubhouse with the URC trophy and there was a photo taken there of John Hodnett, and he was pictured with four other men, and they were called John Hodnett, John Hodnett, John Hodnett, and John Hodnett. So we've five John Hodnetts from the same area in the picture, and they're all related as well. So again, check out Thursday Southern Star, where I explained the, the family tree, and it's it's really interesting because we've Give names like John Chops and John Chips. And you, you just want to read the star just to get the full story here. And sticking with Ross Carberry, Jackie Brian Hayes, a former Carberry Rangers footballer, just like John Hodden was. Brian Hayes was in the Royal Box, no less, at the Wimbledon, senior, Wimbledon singles men's min, final on, on Sunday as Alcarez beat Djokovic in a, a five-set thriller. And there in the middle of it was the, the West Cork men with his partner, Rachel Blackmore, sitting on the same row as James Bond, Daniel Craig, um, Kate Middleton and, and Prince Prince William were, were two rows in front of them with, with their kids. So not bad for Brian Hayes from, from Ross Garbury to the Royal Box, but there's there's that story too. And we've loads more as well. We've an interview with the new Munster FA chairperson, John Buckley, who people in the, the West Cork League will know all about. And he's telling us just the importance of his new role, the benefits that could have and will have for West Cork soccer, I catch up with David Hart, um, the legendary Irish hockey goalkeeper from Baden-Hospital, who was back in the Irish setup for the first time in four years, and it's ahead of the European Championships two, which are in Abbottstown, and they're starting this weekend, and that's an important competition for the Irish men's hockey team because they can book their ticket to the qualifying tournament for the Paris Olympics the top two finish here so I want to wish them their best of luck and there's a load more beside it we also have the the coastal run championships around the weekend and it was a great weekend for West Cork clubs Kilmax Simon won club of the day with seven wins and again that's just the tip of the iceberg there's so much glorious West Cork sport content in there for our readers on on Thursday so like I always say don't be that one person who misses out get your star
1: yeah, don't miss out. That'll be available in shops across West Cork from Thursday morning. And as always, if you're further afield or you can't make it to the shops, you can subscribe to the Southern Star and get it on your laptop, tablet or phone. We have that offer on at the moment where you can get 50% off your first two months. So that's just one euro per week for the first eight weeks. If you subscribe, the uh, the discount code is up on screen now or in the description if you're listening on your uh, your podcast platform as always thanks for listening to the star sport podcast and thanks again to our sponsors at access credit union if you've enjoyed this please remember to rate review and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours i'm off to see if i can get any odds on the name of john hodnett's firstborn child i think it might be john but uh, we'll be back again next week and thanks for listening